0: I think we had said this last week, but thank you all for uh, masking up and being so kind and courteous to your neighbors. Even those of us who are vaccinated, we're gonna we're gonna try to adhere to having one one person at a time in here unmasked, who's perhaps a speaker or leading the singing. And um, man, it, it hurts to say this, but if y'all could just sing in your hearts <laughs> and not uh, not um, sing out loud, you can close your eyes, you can open your hands, you can take a prayerful stance, a heroic stance. I don't or whatever you. But, um, but let's all. Um,
1: it's still worship.
0: Worship's a verb, and we're we're worshiping here. So, um, welcome everybody. I can't tell you how happy I am to see all of you. I am the bread. I am the bread of life They who come to me will never go hungry They who believe in me will never be thirsty I am the bread They who believe in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. I am
2: There we go. Good morning and welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Tracy Beadle. I am the senior pastor and I am thrilled that you are all here to worship with us this morning. Those of you who are here in the room as well as those of you who are joining us online, welcome. As we um, gather ourselves for worship, we will be called to worship. And while we are not singing so as to prevent the spread of Illness, we can speak words together, so I want to invite us all to please rise and be called to worship, speaking the words in yellow as they appear. Come, be nourished by the words and witness of Jesus Christ. Receive the gift of the bread of life and hunger no more. Come, let us worship and rejoice. We gather in the name of Christ, and Christ shares with us his peace. I want to invite each and every one of us now to turn and share the peace of Christ with one another in socially safe ways. Peace of Christ be with you. Peace be with you. Hey, Javi, am I...
0: It's time for it's time for our children's time, isn't it? Yay! We have children someday. Yeah. Come on down, kids. I see a few. Here we go. Come along if you are ready. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him but he is strong, alleluia, 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 alleluia.
3: Oh yay. <laughs> good morning. I'm so glad that you guys were able to join us today and for y'all watching online, I'm so glad y'all are watching online. So today is a very exciting day. We are going to bless our backpacks. Um, so I know some of you brought yours up. Oh those are some those are pretty good looking backpacks, lunch boxes. I even brought my backpack. I'm still in school too guys. So, and I know that they were picked out with special, special care. So I know most of you, do all of you go back to school this week? All of you? Yeah? So it's a big time for everybody. School is kind of, you know, it always invites big feelings. Sometimes you get nervous to start a new grade or a new school, but you get excited because sometimes maybe you get to have a friend in your class and you can be happy or anxious. We all feel different about new things, but, no matter how we are feeling or what is changing, God is always with us and is so much bigger than our feelings. So, as we start the new year at school, I want to give you this special backpack tag so that you can remember that God loves you and is always with you no matter what.
4: So, these tags say, be loved, be kind and be you. And that's a really important message. It reminds us that God loves us no matter what. It reminds us to be kind to people. And it also reminds us that we are unique, that God created us to be us specifically, and nobody else can be just like you. So I'm going to give each one of you one of these for your bag. There you go, there you go,
1: there you go, Got
3: that side. Yep.
4: (laughs) And for those of you joining us online, we would also love to give you a tag or two. Tomorrow we'll be at the Back to School Bash in Lost Creek or you can connect with any of our ministry team, and we will make sure that you get one. Yeah.
3: So as we ooh, sorry. As we wrap up, um, I'd like to do a blessing. So everybody take your tag and hold it. And congregation, if you would um, hold out your hands and reach out to us and pray over these kids. Um, I'm going to pray. And when I say, God, help us, um, you all reply with be loved, be kind, be you. It's up on the screen. All right. So last year was a little different than we expected, and this year might also be a little different than we expected, so may these tags remind us that God is always present and with us in all of our feelings. All right, God help us. Be loved, be be be
4: kind, kind, be you.
3: In our backpacks, we carry blank pages, sharpened pencils, and pointy crowns. And in our hearts, we carry big feelings, unanswered questions, and hopeful expectations. May these bags carry us through what this new year might bring and what we might like, who we might meet, and who we might become. God help us.
4: Be loved, be kind, be you.
3: Be with us as we ride the bus, be with us as we walk, be with us as we buckle seatbelts, zip up jackets, and tie our shoes. However we get there and whatever we wear, Bless this journey into something new. God, help us.
4: Be loved, be kind, be you.
3: Bless our parents, our caregivers, our teachers, our leaders and helpers. May they have the strength and compassion to help us with all of our activities, all of our learning, and all of our big feelings. God, help us.
4: Be loved, be kind, be you.
3: Amen. All right, I hope you guys have an amazing school year and first day of school this week. I'm a
0: school teacher and I wanted to add the word behave onto the end of that, but that's not appropriate. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid, I think I've lost my way. Still you're there right beside me. Nothing will I fear, as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, And a light unto my path.
2: Let us pray. Holy Spirit, consume our hearts that we might become your grace for the world. And hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Amen. Hear now the Gospel of Jesus Christ according to John. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life and i will raise them up on the last day for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and i in them Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Y'all, I am a chocoholic anyone who knows me at all knows this i love chocolate especially chocolate ice cream both of my grandfathers fed my obsession my mom's dad owned a grocery store and every evening if i was at his house which was quite often he would bring me a hershey's chocolate bar and my dad's dad he kept the freezer stocked with briar's chocolate ice cream anytime i was going to be there And every evening after dinner, we'd scoop up a couple of heaping bowls and go sit on the screened-in back porch or sit in the living room watching Hee Haw or Lawrence Welk, (laughs) and we would devour that bowl of ice cream. One time at Myrtle Beach, my family went to an ice cream parlor where you could build your own sundae. I had two heaping scoops of chocolate ice cream, and then I... Topped it with every single chocolate topping they had, plus whipped cream. I made myself sick that night. Then, once as a first grader, I got caught sitting on the kitchen counter where I had climbed up so I could reach the freezer and sneak the ice cream out. I was eating it right out of the carton. More than once, I have heard Tracy, you're going to turn into chocolate the way you eat it. You are what you eat. Right? That's what we say. In the early 1800s, a French gastronomist said, tell me what you eat and I will tell you what you are. This idea was later picked up by a German philosopher in the 1860s. He wrote, man is what he eats. In the US in the early 1900s, a series of nutritionists began to emphasize the connection between what we eat and our health. And then the hippies, they adopted the saying, as a slogan for healthy eating in the 60s, and its familiarity really took off at that point. Some attribute this notion all the way back to Hippocrates, the great Greek physician born in the fifth century BCE. He said, let food be thy medicine and let medicine be thy food. And apparently he knew what he was talking about. He lived to be 90 years old. You are what you eat. Of course, I haven't actually turned into chocolate. We've never taken the idea literally. It's hyperbole. We understand that what is meant is that the food one eats affects you. It it has a bearing on one's health, on one's state of mind. What we eat has a significant impact on our lives. Based on today's scripture, it seems Jesus understood this adage very well, and he was the master of hyperbole. He often exaggerated to drive a point home, and he is desperate to make this particular point. He's speaking to the same crowd that he fed with five loaves and two fish just the day before. Y'all remember that story? Thousands of people had gathered in the countryside. They were following Jesus because they had heard about these signs he was performing, these miraculous signs that were causing people to be healed from sicknesses. Well, dinner time rolled around and everyone was famished, so Jesus blessed this modest meal and it turned into a feast for more than 5,000 people. Our scripture that we just read, this is the day right after that miraculous picnic and the crowd, has continued to follow him. They've followed him across the sea to Capernaum. Jesus, though, he's a little bit suspicious of their motives. He says in the verses leading up to our reading today, you're looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that that endures for eternal life. They've become obsessed with the food he has to offer, but sadly, not with him. They haven't quite realized that Jesus has much more more to offer them than full bellies. Jesus is a little bit disappointed, I think, by their inability to perceive that the real gift is not the bread, but the giver of bread, Jesus himself. United Methodist Bishop Will Willimon preaches that in John's Gospel, we are encouraged not simply to follow Jesus, which is difficult enough in itself, nor simply to be with Jesus, but we are to consume him. The Greek word translated in our scripture as eat can also be translated to consume. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh, Jesus says. He says this in as many ways as he knows how. And he is adamant, consume me and you will have eternal life. Now we always have to keep in mind the second audience that's hearing our scripture There's the original immediate audience that Jesus is speaking to, but it's important to keep in mind the audience for whom the author of John's Gospel was writing. John's Gospel is written later than any of the other Gospels, and he's writing for a church that is dividing against itself. This Gospel um, was written to a community where the debate had expanded over over the the decades that had ensued since Jesus' death and resurrection, it had escalated. Um, And up until this point, all Jews had continued to worship together in the synagogue, regardless of how they understood who Jesus was. But by the time John writes his gospel, those who believed Jesus was the Messiah and those who did not believe Jesus was the Messiah had begun begun to part ways. This is a church split, which was a big deal specifically for those who were leaving the synagogues. For late 1st century and early 2nd century Jews, disassociating yourself from the synagogue could mean severed family ties. It could mean a loss of a job, loss of your livelihood. There was a lot at stake. And then those who left the synagogues were also more vulnerable to Roman law. Jews were allowed to practice their own religion, and they were exempt from uh, laws that compelled them to practice Roman worship. Prior to the legalization of Christianity, much of Christian worship was then practiced in secret. And secrets always arouse suspicion. Many early Christian persecutions were based at least in part on concerns of pagans who suspected that Christians were practicing cannibalism because They heard people talking, just like Jesus is talking in this scripture. They were talking about eating and drinking the body and blood of Christ. So there is a lot at stake for John's listeners. Will they risk their lives and their livelihoods for the sake of their belief in Jesus? Will they remain faithful at the expense of financial security Physical safety, relationships with family and friends, will they risk arrest or worse for the sake of their belief in Jesus? Will they continue to pursue Christ? What will they consume? What will they rely on to sustain them? The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus says, eat me and have eternal life. Uh, Wouldn't the Christian faith be easier, reflects Bishop Willimon, if it were a matter of mere belief or intellectual assent? No, today's rather scandalously carnal incarnational gospel reminds us that Jesus intends to have all of us, body and soul, His truth wants to burrow deep within us to consume us as we consume him, to flow through our veins, to be digested, to nourish every nook and cranny of our being. You are what you eat. And it seems what you consume consumes you. Essentially, it boils down to the same thing for Jesus' audience and for the gospel writer's audience and for the contemporary audience, for you and me. Will we consume food that perishes or food that promises eternal life? The bread that has come down from heaven, Jesus Christ. As 21st century Americans, we know all about consuming. Our way of life depends upon it. We are expert consumers. We consume stuff. We consume entertainment, news, social media, alcohol, drugs, chocolate. All in hopes that we will find something that will fill us up. We fill ourselves and our lives to the point to the point of distraction hoping to find fulfillment, hoping to find life that is rich and full and meaningful. And what we consume does consume us. What we consume begins to frame our worldview. It shapes our priorities. Y'all, I've been known to go to pretty great lengths to get chocolate ice cream. One of my favorite ice cream stores years ago stopped carrying my favorite ice cream. Well, I hunted down the manager of the store and I asked him what injustice this was that had occurred. He did lots of research. We had multiple phone calls. He finally told me, I'm sorry, I just can't get it anymore. So I called the corporate office of the ice cream company. (laughs) It took some time and effort, but finally I found another store that was not too far away where I could find that ice cream. I have a hard time imagining a celebration without chocolate. And y'all, do not, do not mess up a perfectly good chocolate dessert by adding something like fruit. I can get pretty irritable if I want chocolate and I don't get it or I don't get exactly what I wanted. The same is true in my spiritual life. I lose sight of Jesus, right? I lose sight of Jesus when I am not reading scripture, when I am not studying the gospels. I lose sight of who Jesus is. When I don't make time to pray, when I don't make time to abide in Christ as today's scripture calls us to, I get irritable. I fail to see the world and all of God's people framed by God's grace I fail to behave gracefully. I forget that my flesh is created in God's image and it's meant to be consumed, used up for God's loving and redemptive purposes. So I think the question for us is what are we consuming or what have we consumed that has shaped who we are? that shapes how we think, what we feel, what we believe, how we speak and act, what and who we value. What are we consuming that is shaping who we are and how we are moving around and being in the world? Is it Christ? What have we consumed and how is it consuming us? The prophet Malachi Says, See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the lord in righteousness when we consume christ christ consumes us and his love like a refiner's fire purifies our souls his grace shapes us, remakes us into the beloved and loving children of God we were created to be, into those who, having consumed and been consumed by Christ, become food for the world, heavenly bread, those through whom God sustains and redeems life, true life promised by God to all of creation. You are what you eat. May we all feast on Jesus Christ. Amen.
5: Thank you, Pastor Tracy. I'm going to invite my friend Jerry Gordon to come up. And as he's coming up, I wanted to let you know uh, there are three ways that you can give to support the work of Westlake United Methodist Church. And we have so much to be grateful for, don't we? There's so much good that we have and experience in our lives. The first way that you can give, if you're here in person, you can give in the offering plate, which will be in the Narthex uh, as you leave uh, today. Uh, if you, you can go online to our website, westlake-umc.org. You can uh, set up uh, uh, recurring gifts, which is easy, it's convenient, it's what my family does, or you can make a one-time gift. Uh, Or you can text Westlake UMC in all caps to 73256. Or, of course, you can mail a check to the church uh, at any time that's convenient for you as well. Well, thank you so much for your giving, and would you help me welcome our good friend, Jerry Corden?
6: My wife, Linda, and I have been... Members of Westlake UMC, our church, for 27 years. And we joined this church as soon as I was transferred to Austin. And we are both lifelong Methodists. In fact, we were married in a Methodist church in Henderson, Texas, over 52 years ago. (laughs) 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 I believe in the Methodist church. And I'm proud to give away my money and effort to the church. I believe that money and church are pays into apportionments, is spent wisely helping people globally and locally. I'm proud to financially support our wonderful church staff. It's such a blessing to us all. I was a member of trustees for three years, and I was amazed at how much money is required for building, structure, maintenance, air conditioning systems, gym repairs. I mean, this list goes on and on, and just like your house, like in your home, there's a never-ending source of, of funds necessary. Over the years, I've been proud to serve on various projects and committees sponsored by this church. I especially enjoyed being in our Westlake UMC truck crew for mobile loaves and fishers for about 10 to 15 years, or for so long as my uh, multiple sclerosis would permit. I'm currently a Stevens minister. And being part of an active Sunday school class A Tuesday morning men's group and a Thursday morning men's Emmaus group has helped me grow as a Christian. This church has provided opportunities for my growth, and although I know I've still got a long way to go, (laughs) but no doubt our prayers and money are making a difference. Activities such as a Kairos prison ministry, youth ministry trips, any baby can, the women's storybook project, the repairs on homes damaged by floods and hurricanes, and many activities of this church provide countless opportunities for being good stewards. And I know I left out some projects in there. I don't mean to be all-inclusive but I'm very proud to be in the company of people in this church who give away and do so much. So I want to be a part of that effort. I want to continue to be a part of that effort, and I encourage you to be a part of that effort too as well.
0: Thank you, Jerry.
7: my cares I will lift my arms I want to know you I want to find you in every season in every moment before I bring my need I will
1: bring my heart and seek you
7: I want to know you, I want to find you in every season, in every moment, before I speak a word. treasure
5: Thank you, Michaela. And I will say, too, that was a special song today, wasn't it, Tracy? Michaela's heading to college soon, so thank you for sharing that gift with us, that beautiful prayer. Thank you. And what a perfect way to lead us into the prayers of the people today. That was a cry from our own hearts. So. Uh, friends, let us offer our prayers to God as an expression of our love for each other, for our community, and for our world. If you're worshiping online with us, I want to invite you to offer any concerns or joys that you might have in the chat or the comment section. Let us pray together. God, we celebrate some wonderful wedding anniversaries today. The 60th for Cesa and Dudley Dobie, the 58th for Jim and Margie Lindsay, the 53rd for Jerry and Janie Lehman, the 47th for Pete and Danny Morford, the 30th for Diana and Tim Bouchong, the 30th for Sarah and Tony Benton, and the 17th for Donna and John Viacis. We celebrate the birthdays of Louise Morse, 96! (laughs) Kyle Bennett, Nancy Kennedy, Mary Lucas, Kathy McIntyre, Joseph Cox, Chuck Gauci, Susan Landers, David Newbert, Karen Priest. Sophie Webster, Javier Corona, Gladys Skaggs, 102, and more. And we give thanks for staff anniversaries. Gina Hernandez, beginning her 20th year as our assistant director of the preschool. And Nina Revering, beginning her third year as a director of music and worship. We give thanks for Kelly Brewer and Ashley Mangold as they step in to shepherd our children's and youth ministries in the interim. We give thanks for all those who give their time and efforts in volunteer service here in the church and beyond in our community. We give special thanks for Glenda Summers, leading the recycling efforts through plastic film donations, for class and small group leaders, for committee members, for our church-wide cleanup team, and for the Back to School Water Bash volunteers tomorrow. As cases of COVID-19 spike all over, we give thanks for all of the healthcare workers and providers that work diligently to save lives. God, may they know your strength. May they know our support. God, we offer you our concerns today. You are the healer, and you hear our cries that are being made uh, to, to be made whole in body and mind and in spirit. God, you understand the relational, spiritual, emotional, and financial needs that we're facing. And we know that you are with us and will direct us. God, we specially lift up Marky Duncan. May she know your peace in these final days of her life here. And may Janine and Jay know your comfort as well. God, may your comfort and peace be felt, especially for those who are grieving in any way. Let's take these next few moments of silence to offer up to God that which weighs most heavily upon us today. Holy wisdom, God of abundant life, you call us to the banquet of your love. We find you in the gifts you give. We know you in the ones with whom we share this holy food and in the bread of this table, your son, Jesus Christ. Grant that we may be bread for others as he is bread for us. And now let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
0: Come to the table, worship the Savior taste what forgiveness is for His mercy will lead us the grace of god feed us making us hungry for more his body was given for you and for me look on the cross and believe the bread has been broken our eyes have been been broken. All those who know him believe without touching the scars. His death reconciled us. We live sanctified to become what we already are. To him who loves us and freed us to love be glory and honor and praise. for you and for me. Look on the cross and believe. The bread has been broken. Our eyes have been open. Oh come Lord, restore and
2: from heaven. Feast on me, Jesus says. Feast on the one who provides all that we need to be the bread of life for the world. We go from this place knowing that the love of God, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit are with each and every one of us now, and remain with us always. Amen
0: invite you all to stand and not hold hands during Gona on peace but if you'd again like to just um, maybe close your eyes and, uh, and open up your arms as we send you out with this <laughs> peace everybody and uh, Maggie and I are gonna do a postlude of this beautiful song by uh, Nancy Griffith <coughs> who just passed away on Friday a great Texas singer-songwriter would come, the flowers fade, this old house felt so alone when the work took me away and When she she dies, dies, she says says we'll catch catch some black bird's wing, she will fly away to to heaven, come some sweet blue bonnet spring Highway 90 Jobs are gone now. We tend our garden, we, we set the sun. This is the only place on earth blue bonnets grow. And once a year, they come and go. This old house here by the road. And when we die, we say we'll catch some blackbird's wing. We will fly away to heaven, come some sweet blue bonnet spring. And when we die, we say we'll catch some blackbird's wing. And we will fly away together, come some sweet blue bonnet spring.